Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Amen. Y'all doing all right today? As most of you guys know, for the past month or so, we've been uh, really, really, really sitting and focusing on uh, what it means to have a godly family. And, uh, and I just feel like, man, we're, we're supposed to continue to run that direction today. And, and I'll just shoot straight with you up here at the top. Uh, the, what I'm about to tell you is just like the message I want to share is pretty basic, pretty plain. Uh, but I believe with all of my heart that if you take what we're about to talk about uh, and actually apply it when you leave this room today, it can radically change your life. Amen. So uh, lean in, get hungry for God, and I believe he'll talk to you. He has a great ability uh, to speak between the lines. He, he is still talking. He still wants to be active in our lives, and he will speak to you today if you let him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray one more time if you don't mind. Father, we thank you for your anointing and your presence that's in this room. Lord, we simply just choose not to, to do what we actually just saying, to lean into you. God, to open up our heart, to open up our ears, to open up our eyes, and just allow you to speak. So, Father, thank you uh, just for supernatural recall. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for life change in this room today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let me begin by saying this. Uh, recently, I read this story uh, about a man who was praying for his family. And, and while he was praying, God actually asked him, he said, he said, why do you want your marriage to be okay? And in response to God's question, the man answered, to get my wife off my back. As the man continued to pray, he heard God a second time. And God asked him again, why do you want your marriage to be okay? Giving it another thought, the man replied, so I can live in peace. He continued to pray, but then God asked him a third time, why do you want your marriage to be okay? And this time, rather than giving a quick answer, the man in turn asked God, God, why do I or why should I want my marriage to be okay? Then he heard the Lord whisper in his heart these three words, to glorify me. You see, if we realize it or not, God's greatest desire for our family is that our relationship with our spouse, with our kids, with our parents would glorify and honor Him. Which means before we pursue success, before we pursue comfort or even our own happiness, we should first and foremost desire to honor God in our homes. Can I hear a big amen on that? So listen, with that in mind, if 19 years of marriage and and having five kids has taught me anything, it, it would be this. It would be that it is impossible to honor or to glorify God in our homes without having a healthy and strong connection within the heart of the family. Amen? So listen, while I I think it's easy for you and I to hear that statement, to nod our head in agreement, uh, I I just want us to take a step back for a moment, just ask ourselves a handful of questions. There's a lot we could ask, but I'm only going to ask you a few. But, But think about this with the word connection. How many kids feel more connected to some uh, device than they do with their own parents? Like, how many kids feel more relationally connected to some friend at school than they do their brother or sister? Like, how many men would rather go hang out with their fishing buddy than hang with their wife and their kids? Like, how many men feel more fulfilled at work than they do at home? And how many women would rather go hang out, you know, have a night on the town uh, with their girlfriends than be on a date with their husband? And how many women are more interested in in scrolling some, you know, latest app on their phone rather than having a conversation with their kids? 
Once again, we could go on and on and on, but I got to say this. However we want to dress all those things up, when the rubber meets the road, all of these things are really just signs of a lack of connection in the home. Now, listen, we can either brush those things off and, and try to convince ourselves that those things are normal, or we can wake up and admit to ourselves that God had more in mind when he gave us our spouse and when he blessed us with our children. So listen, on that note, while I realize that there are definitely a number of factors that contribute to a lack of connection in our homes, uh, I just want to suggest to you today that I personally believe one of the main reasons we struggle with having connection and finding the connection that we long for is because we don't take the time to listen to one another. Listen, the reality is it doesn't matter how old we are. You can be five years old. You can be 155 years old. Uh, we all want to be known. We all want to be understood. We all want to feel emotionally safe and secure. We all want to be accepted and loved unconditionally. In short, we all want to connect. Amen? Yes. So listen, if we realize or not, a true connection, for a true connection to occur in our homes, it's going to require all of us to learn how to listen to one another from the heart. So what I want to do this morning is I simply want to talk for the next few minutes about creating a, uh, a culture, basically, of listening in our homes. To create a listening culture in our homes. So on that note, let me just start by saying this. I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that if someone's lips are moving, the communication is happening. But the truth is, listen, communication requires more than talking. Okay? It demands for someone to actually listen, get this, with an understanding heart. So if you don't believe me, all you do is have to go in and ask a wife who's cried and, and screamed at her husband for an hour until she finally, out of utter frustration, throws her hands up in the air and says this, This man doesn't understand me. This man doesn't hear a thing I say. Y'all never said that, have you, ladies? Or maybe we could simply do this. We could go ask the kid that just posted maybe last night on social media, once again, how his parents just don't understand them. See, what I'm trying to say is that our family members' lips are moving all the time, but our hearts aren't connecting. Now, why does this keep happening? I believe it's because we regularly confuse the act of hearing with the choice of listening. I want to say that again. I think the reason we're not connecting is because we regularly confuse the act of hearing with the choice of listening. Listen, I'll admit on surface level those sound uh, kind of the same, but they're really not. And I want to explain this to you really quick so we have a good foundation. According to Webster's Dictionary, hearing simply means this. It means our ability to perceive sound or noises and tones. It's our ability to perceive sounds, noises, and tones. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like when you get a group of moms together and they're all hanging out in the living room sipping their coffee and there's a group of toddlers in the back room screaming and playing. That's just a bunch of noise happening at that moment, right? They're hearing that, okay? Or how about this? Or how about this is what happens when a wife begins to talk to her husband in the fourth quarter of a game. He is hearing her. In other words, it's just a bunch of muffled noises, just a bunch of tones, kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher talking in the background. Fellas, can I hear an amen? amen. Listen, whereas listening means this. It means to pay thoughtful attention, to pay thoughtful attention and to give consideration why? For a mutual understanding. You know, this is what happens when a man gets down on a knee and he begins to propose to the love of his life. At that moment, she is listening. Okay, or this is what happens when a doctor walks in a hospital room and begins to give details surrounding a negative diagnosis. 
You see, at that moment, it's like, man, uh, hearts and minds and ears are all open. People are listening. They want to understand. And so the point I'm trying to make is this, is for effective communication to happen between two or more people in our homes, it will require us to listen for the purpose of understanding. You know, maybe this is why the Apostle James told us this. In James 1.19, many of us can quote this verse. He said this. He said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to what? Oh, that was weak. You must all be quick to what? Listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. It says, let everyone be a careful and thoughtful listener. You know, I just think James knew that if we were really going to, get, you know, connect not only with our brothers and sisters in the faith, but with our loved ones, we would have to learn how to listen in a careful and thoughtful way. Once again, that we're going to have to learn how to listen or choose to listen with an understanding heart. Now, here's what's so funny. Over the years, I have found that when most people read that verse, quote that verse, pray that verse, most people think they're really good at listening. Like they're like... I do that. I quit to listen. I'm slow. Like I nailed it, right? Like we think we're great at that. And, and, but the question I want to ask you today is, but are we really? Are we really good at this? Like in, 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 light, in light of that verse, I, I want to give you, uh, you know, just a few telltale signs of poor listeners. In other words, this is according to experts. There was a long list. I tried my best to bring it down to things that I thought would be relatable today. Uh, but it will be a good little checklist for us. So listen, if we're a poor listener we will have, have the habit of doing these things. Number one, we will dominate the conversation. Th this happens when we value our stories and our opinions more than we desire to connect to the person we're talking to. So what do we do? We do all the talking. Right? Let, let me give you an example. And, I, and this will be the only real example I give on all this list. But, but about eight years ago, I was leading a school of ministry... And one day I got a phone call in my office, and I picked up the phone. It was a lady that I knew, and she basically was telling me she was trying to decide if she was going to join the school of ministry or not. And here's what happened. She said, Pastor Quentin or PQ, uh, I, I just need some wisdom. I need some advice. Can you help me? I said, sure. I'd love to help you. She began to talk and talk and talk and talk. And I literally looked at my watch 19 minutes into the conversation, she said, you know what? I think you've helped me tremendously. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I said this, I'm glad I could help. <laughs> and I hung up the phone, but literally I said two, maybe max, three sentences in 19 minutes. That person dominated the conversation. The second thing poor listeners do is they interrupt or talk over the person speaking. And so what happens is, is rather than waiting for the other person to finish, man, man, we just jump in, we hijack the conversation because we think what we have to say is more important. The third one is this, we get easily angered or defensive. In other words, if we don't feel like we, if we're being heard or if our opinions aren't being considered, then what we do is we raise our voice to gain control. I know y'all have never done that. But, but listen, we steamroll the other person rather than listening to them. And the other side of this is what happens is if we think that the person's attacking us in the conversation, then once again, uh, a poor listener will get super defensive and then they'll try to steamroll. The fourth thing is this, is we complete the other person's sentences. It's like this. I mean, bro, come on already. Like, 
I get what you're trying to say. Can you speed it up, fella? Like, like let me help you get to the finish line. Right? Like, like, in that moment, we think that may be helpful, but it's actually pretty rude, yeah? yeah? Number five is we constantly turn the conversation back to us. In other words, what happens is, is they tell the story, so we got to tell a story. They tell about a hard time, we tell about a harder time. They tell about a good time in Jesus, we go, oh, I got you beat. Let me tell you a story. The bottom line is, is we are always trying to one-up them. And, and the reason is because at the core, we're trying to be the center of attention. Number six is we don't ask questions. Like, God forbid if we start asking questions, they might get the idea that we're halfway interested in what they're saying. So we don't ask questions because we hope they'll shut up. <laughs> Number seven, we go DEFCON silent. So in, instead of engaging, we just kind of give the stare. Right? And we're trying to communicate in a nonverbal way, this is boring. Please stop. Right? Number eight, we try to hurry the speaker along. In other words, we, we look at our watch. Y'all do that to me. Or, or we just walk out of the room uh, while they're still speaking. Y'all have done that to me too. So number nine, we, we exhibit unwelcoming body language. In other words, we cross our arm, we roll our eyes, we make that sarcastic, <clears throat> and, right? And we make the face... We keep fidgeting. We refuse to make eye contact. So we keep, uh, you know, looking to the ground, looking around them. We're just, once again, trying to give off. We don't care. Number 10, we're thinking about something else. And this is basically this, is they're talking. And even though they're talking, we're in a whole nother universe. Y'all have done that to me too. Listen, or what's happening is, has you ever been in that moment where somebody's talking and, and you're getting so caught up in, in how you're going to respond to what they're talking about, you, you just lose track of them and, and you tune out. But you got a good response. The only problem is, it's about 15 minutes late. Right? So, and last, number 11, and fellas, we're great, we're great at this one, is we select what we listen to. Come on, don't lie to yourself. We, we select what we listen to. We pick out bits and pieces of conversation that we're interested in, and the rest of it, we just kind of reject it. Whew. We can leave there. All right, listen. Is anyone, is anyone uh, guilty of any of those 11 things? Yeah, look, like me too, right? Like a thousand times over. And, and, and I just have to say, isn't it funny? Uh, you know, whatever, about five minutes ago, we were patting ourselves on the back thinking we were so godly. I'm a great listener. <laughs> it's tough being able to go, you know what, I'm not as good as a listener as I, thought I, as I thought I was, right? But here's the point. Here's what I'm hoping that you'll see through all this. It is that a healthy family environment is never conducive to poor listening habits. A healthy family environment is never conducive to poor listening habits. So if you and I want to grow in our relationship with our wife, with our kids, and so on, guess what? If we want to become stronger and all that, then we need to grow and we need to get rid of some of those habits. All right, so what I want to do for the next few minutes, I want to shift gears, and I want to talk about uh, basically the different family relationships that are impacted by our listening habits. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to just be honest with you. These these could all probably take weeks to get through, uh, but I'm just going to give you a snapshot. Once again, open your heart up to the Holy Spirit and just ask Him to talk to you because He will. Yeah? yeah? So number one is listening to our spouse. Listening to our spouse. I hope I'm going to help us here. In my experience, poor listening habits are usually at the core of most marital problems. And I would say this, sometimes these habits are considered to be annoying. Sometimes it's just an irritation. 
But, but when an individual can't share something that's important or, or can't get a long-standing problem resolved or they're not receiving emotional support from their spouse, that's when uh, an individual's poor listening habits can become disastrous in a relationship. Now, the interesting thing is this, is the majority of time these poor listening habits have nothing to do with a husband's heart for his wife or a wife's heart for her husband. The obstacle usually boils down to this. It, is to, it boils down to a man's natural wiring versus a woman's natural wiring. So I just think this, guys. It's no secret that most men tend to communicate for one reason only. It's so that we can exchange information so that we can come to a conclusion. I'm going to let that hang in the air, ladies, because y'all didn't believe me. It's so we can exchange information so that we can come to a conclusion. In other words, we're analytical by nature, right? So we compartmentalize, we like the facts, we like the highlights, we like the bottom line, we prefer information over feelings. Once again, we like answers. And oh, by the way, if you didn't know, we're also pretty good at solving problems. Y'all didn't believe us. <laughs> Whereas most women, I, I'm not knelling this one, I'll admit it. You know why? Because I'm not a woman. I, I don't understand y'all. But anyways, most women, tend to connect everything. They are emotionally by nature, emotional by nature, and they give the details details. Like I, I've, I've met women before, they know how to give feelings to details. It blows my mind, right? And they per, what happens is they prefer to release their feelings rather than stuff them away. Once again, guys, we put in the compartment, we can move on. A lady, something happens 15 years ago, and, and something this moment has nothing to do with that moment, but Man, you have an amazing memory, and you could just bring that right on back up to the present day. You, you're, you have a gift. Okay, anyways. So I, I just think this. Most ladies pride themselves on their ability to be sensitive, tender, caring, and comforting to the needs of others. Is that right, ladies? Like, yes, you're good at all that. Okay, so my point is this, is that our different wiring causes us to listen differently. What a surprise. Okay. But, but let me give you an example of how these different wirings tend to play out. Hopefully I help. Here we go. So imagine with me. Uh, there's this guy named Joe and his buddy Bob, man. They're tinkering on Bob's old Ford pickup truck in the garage. Like they're elbow deep in grease, right? When, when Bob says, hey, Joe, I got this problem. So Joe says, yeah, let me hear it. Maybe I can help. So Bob takes a few minutes and he shares a couple of facts with his friend, right? After Bob finishes, Joe lets out a grunt. Ladies, that grunt means we're analyzing. Like, like, like we, we are running a quick analysis of the situation. That's what happens in that, right? That's what happens. And a few seconds later, Joe says, well, Bob, the way I look at it, you can try to do this. Which Joe responds, hmm, you know? Or Bob responds, hmm, you know, that's a good idea. I, I hadn't thought about that one. And they move on. Give me the wrench. We just, we going about our business. Let's fast forward a couple hours later, though. Joe walks in the front door of his house, and all it takes is one look at his wife, and he can tell, uh-oh, something's not good. <laughs> he doesn't even have time to ask before, you know, literally, before he can utter a word, Kathy starts verbalizing what happened, who was involved, and why she is so upset, not missing a detail, by the way. Ten minutes into the conversation, Joe thinks he has a firm grasp on the situation. His first mistake. He reminds himself of his earlier success with Bob. Second mistake, right? 
So he launches into his problem-solving gift. I mean, the man is telling himself internally, I'm anointed by God for this moment, right? <laughs> Only to find out that literally, like, he's 30 seconds in, and Kathleen promptly interrupts him and says this, Oh, Joe, would you stop trying to fix my problem and just listen to me? Am I making sense? So listen to me. What just happened in that moment? The woman that Joe loves, that he wants to help more than anything, just popped his bubble. He's demoralized, defeated, and deflated, and he retracts back to his emotional and mental hole. Yet Kathy keeps going to church every week, telling the ladies in her small group that she just can't figure out why Joe won't open up with her and why he'd rather hang out with Bob. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but I'm giving you gospel truth. So, fellas, I want to I talk to you for a minute, okay? And, and I'm preaching to myself today. This is good. 1 Peter 3, 7 says this. We just need to remember this, guys. It says, in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding. Can you all say understanding? understanding? Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. I would typically read the rest of the verse, but I don't want to cause a riot. So, let's move on. Okay. You'd get it if you'd keep reading. All right, here we go. So in, in my opinion, this is my opinion, but part of treating our wives with understanding is found in the way we choose to listen to her. Fellas, notice I didn't say in the way we choose to fix her. Okay, I said the way we choose to listen to her. So this means this, guys, is, is that our wives aren't coming to us because they need a solution. In fact, most of the time, our wives already know what to do. They do. They're smart, right? So they are coming because they are uh, looking for the one who is supposed to be their safe place. Okay? They're coming to be loved. They're coming to be understood. They want us to acknowledge and to identify their feelings and to give them, keyword, nonverbal feedback. They're wanting a listening ear. And if I could just say it this way, fellas, sometimes they just need a hug. They need a hug. So here's the point I'm trying to make. If we as husbands can grasp that we don't always have to solve our wife's problems, we will take a giant step towards showing her empathy and giving her the emotional intimacy that she needs. Can I get an amen there, ladies? Amen. So, now ladies, all right, with that said, I'm going to tread on some water here, all right? So, I, I have, give me grace, love. I have personally um, gotten in trouble when I've tried to fix my wife's problems, Okay. And I've also, keyword also, gotten in trouble when I've sat silent. Right? <laughs> that brother preaching good. All right. <laughs> Listen, those moments when I have done my absolute best, I'm like gnawing a hole through my tongue, right? Because I'm trying to be patient and I'm trying to have a listening ear. Only to hear this from my amazing wife. Are you really just going to sit there and say nothing? I know, there's layers, love. There's layers. She's, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> In other words, it's this. It's like, can you believe, fellas, that there's this rare moment that they actually want a solution from us? Like, it happens. Like, it's kind of like a blood moon. It, it happens occasionally. But anyways, it, it's like this. Um, 
But ladies, I want to tell you this. Is, is, as amazing as you guys are, that's super confusing. Okay. I have other points for me to get to. This isn't good. All right, so, so listen, non-verbalized expectations can be a really tricky thing. Non-verbalized expectations can be a tricky thing. So, so listen, ladies, it, it would do us some good if you would say, I just need you to listen this moment. Or that we communicate the highest level, and you'd say, hey, I want to share some things with you, and if you could... Once I'm done, can you just kind of give me your thoughts? It would clear it up. The mystery would be solved, right? So I, I just think this. I have learned over the years, and I'm just trying to pass this wisdom on to my fellow brothers, is this, is that I literally ask now, uh, try to remember, would you prefer me to just listen in this moment, or would you like me to share some of my thoughts with you when you're done? And at that moment, Jennifer can... Tell me what her expectations are, and I act accordingly in an honoring way. Not frustrated, but in an honoring way. Because the end goal is that she, is that, I'm going I'm to hear about this later, I think. But anyways, <laughs> it is that she walks away from our conversation feeling loved and feeling understood. And guys, I just want you to know, that's, not, that's the most important thing. The most important thing is not that she walks away impressed with your earth-shattering wisdom. Okay. <laughs> So let's, fellas, just remember this verse, and, and then, we'll, then we'll talk to the ladies again. Proverbs 18.2 says this. It says, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Like, fellas, let's let that sink in for a moment, because so often when our wives are talking, we don't give a rip about understanding. We just want to share our opinions, and that's being a poor listener. Some of you ladies are shaking your head, and some of you fellas are like this. Look forward. Look forward. Yeah. It's awesome. I wish I had a camera sometimes to show yourselves. All right. We should like put a mirror right there. Anyways. All right. So before we move on, ladies, I, I want to share something with you. Um, I recently read about a couple who went to counseling because all of their conversations uh, kept turning into arguments. And, and here's how the story went. Basically, each evening, the husband would come home from work. Uh, he'd be dog tired. And when he, uh, when he walked in the door, his wife would basically ask him how his day went. And, and instead of giving her the typical men answer, good right? Uh, he would actually take the time to try to explain and share about different events of his high-pressure job. But what would happen that moment as he would share about the stress and the pressure that he was going through, she would interrupt him uh, with all the difficulties of her day, okay? And, and she'd begin to talk about all of her struggles about chasing kids all day and trying to clean up after them because they had three small kids. So kind of so on. Now, the funny part was is that both of them were looking for the same thing. Both of them wanted sympathy, they wanted support, and they wanted understanding. But, but here's what that wife missed, and here's what I think so many ladies miss, is that her husband needed someone to listen to him too. Right? So rather than giving him what he needed in that moment, which was simply this, ladies, affirmation that he could do the job. That's it. If you, if you want to get a guy flying high, give him some affirmation. He'll be a hero for you. Okay? So what would happen is, is when she would dive off in all of her issues, she actually robbed him uh, of, of basically, she robbed him with all of her complaints of that affirmation. 
And, and watch this. And by doing so, uh, she not only devalued his feelings, but she ultimately devalued the power and the influence of her voice in his life. Do, do you understand? Y'all listen. As much as a woman wants a, a, her husband to be the only safe place for her, a guy really wants, not Bob, not Joe, wants his wife to be the number one influential, affirming voice in his life. So will you be that? Listen, I think if we are either a man or a woman in this room, um, I, I, I think it's important for us to remember this. Philippians 2.3, husband or wife. Philippians 2.3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Don't make the conversation all about you. Don't try to show off your wisdom. But be humble and think others as better than yourselves. I, I just think if we can practice a listening heart with an understanding of this verse intact, then it'll be exponentially beneficial to the relational health, right, we have with our spouse. Right? That, that we need to actually prefer one another, and we do that by listening to one another. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's look at the second relationship that's impacted by our listening habits. Number two, I'm going to dive through these last two points quickly. Number two is we listening is listening to our parents. Listening to our parents. So for this point, I want to I want to quickly speak to two separate family relationships that inevitably fall in this category. Because most of the time we hear that, we hear it at one angle, but I actually want to hear it in two angles today. So for starters, if if you're under the age of let's say 25, I don't know necessarily the age, but if you're young, okay, uh, I understand that there's a chance that you think your parents are idiots. And you think that they are uncool and grossly out of touch with everything that's happening in your world. Look forward, kids. Listen, when, when, I, when I say that, I'm, I'm not being critical towards you. I can assure you, all, all, all I'm saying is, is I know you're thinking that because I used to think that when I was your age, right? It, it really wasn't until I got older in life that I began to recognize uh, the value of my parents' voice uh, that they were a source of protection and a source of wisdom that I could draw from. In other words, it wasn't until I really got married and started having kids of my own that I really realized that my family, uh, my parents were God's gift to me. Okay? So, so listen, I just want to encourage you kids. Kids, please listen to what I'm about to tell you. I, I want to encourage you the next time that you are tempted to roll your eyes at your parent, I want you to remember this verse out of Proverbs 30, 17. It says, the eye that mocks a father, that's the rolling of the eyes, and despise the mother's instructions will be plucked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. The Bible says some interesting things, doesn't it? All right, I'm just playing with you. Here we go. Kids, here's a real verse. Proverbs 1, 8, and 9. I had to throw that in there. Amazing what a Google search will find. All right, here we go. It says, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Proverbs 4, 1 says this. It actually says, when we listen to our parents, instruction will gain insight. So, young person, all I'm saying is this is that if you want to have insight beyond your natural years, and if you want to be covered by God's grace, His favor, and His honor, then you need to do more than hear your parents' voice like it's just a bunch of noise in the background. Instead, you need to choose to listen carefully and apply the wisdom that they're sharing with you, because, and they're trying to impart in your life. And here's why. Because if you do that, 
uh, it has the potential to radically set you up for success in life. Like, wouldn't it be better for you to learn from another person's mistake than you have to go repeat them? All right? All right, so now I want to speak to that second age group, okay? And it's this. is I want to speak to all of us in this room that have aging parents, okay? That have aging parents. Uh, the Bible plainly says this. It says in Proverbs 23:22, says, Listen to your father who gave you life and don't despise. I would say don't uh, disregard your mother when she is old. And don't despise your mother, and I think it's safe to include your father there as well, when he or she is old. Listen, there's no doubt that family dynamics change when we realize our parents are getting older. Like, my parents are, like, there, right? And, and the funny thing is, is that, like, if we are not careful, like, if our parents are getting really old, if we're not careful, we're going to fall back into that same attitude that we carried when we were teenagers, Are y'all listening? Yeah. That we begin to tell ourselves they're idiots. They're uncool. They're senile. And they are grossly out of touch with what's happening in this world. I can say that with confidence because I've heard a lot of people say it over the years. Right? And, and it's this. I just like, man, can we remember, in, in spite of how old they may become, there's still wisdom to glean from. So here's the point really is this. is no matter what our age is or what age our parents are, Listen, the, the thing that matters the most is that we show them this key word, honor. Listen, a part, a part of honoring, I believe, is actually listening to them with an understanding heart instead of blowing them off and acting like they're idiots. So on that note, you know, I, a part that I love about my job is I get this great um, window into so many people's lives. And I get to learn so many things by just watching people. I love watching people. love listening to people. And, uh, and here's what I've seen over the years. Is that I've often looked at people who have honored their parents over the years. No matter their age. And I have been amazed to see that not one of them has been forsaken by the Lord. Do you get that? And when they honor their parents, literally there's a clear favor and a clear blessing on their lives. Now watch this. On the flip side, I've also sat with a bunch of rebellious people in this life. Talk to them, right? And I've seen every one of them who do not honor their mom and dad, who, who dishonor their mom and dad, they really lack the favor and the blessing of God on their lives. Are y'all hearing me? And the reason is, is because we all know that, that really there's a commandment that's connected to this promise. And, but we'll read the New Testament version of it. Ephesians 6 says this. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Watch this. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. How many of you guys want things to go well for you? Amen. About 5% of us in this room. I'm, I'm happy I'm not the rest of you. I have my hand up. Okay, I want things to go well for me. All right, let's look at the third family relationship that's impacted by our listening ability. And I really, 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 really want us to hear this one today. It is this. It's listening to our kids. Listening to our kids. You see, I think there's this idea in a lot of family cultures that the children are expected to listen to their parents. But in turn, uh, the, the parents have no responsibility to listen to their children. Does that make sense? So you, you know that old saying that says this, children are meant to be seen and not heard. 
right? It, it kind of it goes along the same lines. Well, I, I personally think that not only is that, that culture and that idea and that saying, I, only, I, don't, I not only think it's wrong, I think it's unbiblical, okay? As most of us know, Jesus emphatically said, let these little children come unto me, right? He said that, didn't he? So listen, if we think that he pulled them close so they could just stand there like statues, we're mistaken, right? And if we think Jesus pulled them close just so he could give them another lecture, we're wrong again. A lot of times, that's the only time that we bring kids near. Shut up and don't bother me. Or we do this. Hey, sit down. I've noticed you've done this. And we, and we impress them with our biblical knowledge. And we tell them stories when we were kids and how great we were, right? So, so I just think this. If we could stop and go, man, Jesus pulled them close for one reason. It's because they longed for connection. Come on, don't run from me now, guys. They long for connection. So on that note, listen, I think sometimes we as adults, uh, we can forget what it was like to be 7, to be 10, to be 13, to be 16 years old. I think we can forget that. And I think we can forget the awkwardness that comes with all of those different stages of life. And I think even sometimes we can forget how much that we as little kids desire to be loved, but most of all, how much we desire to be heard. So with that hanging out there, I just want to say this. As parents know, sometimes the hardest thing in this world is to shut up and listen. Right? I mean, really, really, really listen to one of our kids. In fact, I'll just tell them myself today. I can't tell you how many times I have shut my kids down before they could finish telling me something that they were excited about. Why did I do that? Because they were being distraction and interruption, I thought, at that moment. Look, I can't, tell you how, I can't tell you how many times that I've been quicker to correct than listen, even quicker to correct than to praise them, right? Because why? Because I was being impatient, and I just wanted some problem or some disturbance to go away. And I can't tell you how many times I've been frustrated by another silly question. I'm thinking, like, how many times can my son ask me, what's my favorite superhero? <laughs> right? But, but listen, and because I didn't deem that that question was worthy of my response because he was bothering me, just go away. I, I have blown it in those areas so many times, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one in the room, right? And, and here's what I do know. I do know this because I feel it in those moments. I know I grieve the heart of God, right? And, and there's a side of me that's thankful for the grace and mercy of God, and I'm, and I'm thankful for forgiveness but, but, man, I'm starting to see that I don't want to just keep repenting for the same thing, right? That, that I want to value connection with my kids and see that it's more important than all those what I consider disruptions, right? You, you see, I believe that when we as parents begin to put a, a premium on listening to the heart of our kids, a couple things happen. We'll throw it up on the screen so you can see it. Like, we are actually engaging in their world, Right? So often we want them to engage in hours and we want them to make sacrifices for us. Dad got a new job. We're moving here. And all these things. But at the end of the day, it's engaging in their world. Right? That, that we're inviting them to be open about their thoughts and their opinions. And what? We're placing value on their emotions and their feelings. That we are putting validity to their experience. That we're encouraging them to continue to communicate with us as they get older. Like, if you can't listen to your kid when he's five, he may not want to listen to you when you're 15. If you can't listen to him when he's seven, he may not want to talk to you when he's 14. Right? Lastly, it's this. When we're listening to our kids, we put a premium on that. We're making ourselves available. And ultimately what we're doing is, is we're strengthening our bond of trust with him. 
Y'all do know trust makes the world go around in a kid's life, right? They want to know, can I trust you? Do you care about me? Do you love me? This is how we answer those questions. So listen, while I I think all of that is really important, um, I think we should all, how can I say this? We should all strive to be actively engaged in our kids' worlds, not by sitting back waiting on them all the time, but sometimes we need to initiate the conversation ourselves. Parents, please listen to what I'm about to say. The best way of doing that is asking questions ourselves. I want you to think about what the wisest man outside of Jesus uh, that ever lived said, Solomon. He said this in Proverbs 20, verse 5. He said, the purpose of a man's heart, can we just put the purpose of a child's heart, is like deep water, but a man or a parent of understanding will draw it out. How do we draw it out? By asking questions. So let me just say this. Are you all all right? If by chance you struggle with connecting with your children here, here, here's my advice. It is to simply do this. To ask the Holy Spirit to give you questions that would unlock your child's heart. It's really simple. Ask the Holy Spirit. He is your, he is your guide. Ask Him, right? Holy Spirit, will you give me questions that will somehow give me the key that fits the door to their heart and unlocks that door so I can walk in and so that I can know my child. Right? And, and listen, I, here's all I know. It may happen at the grocery store. It might happen while you're driving down the road. It might happen when you're working on a project around the house. It may be on a hike, maybe around dinner table, maybe before bedtime. But I promise you this, if you will listen to God, he'll give you the wisdom that you need. Amen? Let me give you a helpful hint here, okay? When your kid starts talking, because they will if you do this, then I urge you to not jump in and not take over the conversation. I urge you to, to remember that the goal is connection, and so that's going to require you to listen with an understanding heart. Amen? Let me give you a verse here, Proverbs eighteen thirteen. It says, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Let your kid talk. Amen? Can we stand to our feet? If you don't mind, just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you today for the truth that we've heard. Lord, I simply pray today that the spirit of confusion that sits on a lot of our homes will be broken off today. That confusion that causes us to talk and not listen, that confusion that causes us to be arrogant and prideful and think we're too good for certain moments. Lord, I pray that that stuff just that causes us to even feel like, man, we're talking two and three and four and five different languages in our house. We're not connecting. Father, I ask you today, God, in the name of Jesus, that whatever's hanging over our houses in a negative way in this area would simply be that, to be broken in Jesus' name. Father, we bind the enemy today in this area in our lives. And Father, we open up our hearts to your spirit and to your truth and to your ways. Father, we recognize that you have a standard and you have an expectation for our homes. And uh, Lord, while we realize that we're not always hitting the mark, we ask you, God, to help us hit that mark. 
God, we need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your wisdom. We need your understanding how to do it. And Lord, I know I've been praying for weeks, God, for our different roles in the house. But Father, I'm asking God that you would help husbands and wives communicate more effectively. Father, I pray, God, even, even when it comes time with conflict, Lord, I'm asking God that conflict resolution would become easy. God, I'm asking God that you would help us as parents uh, build a bridge from our hearts to our kids' hearts so Jesus could walk across. Father, our desire is to see our kids to serve you and to love you. And Father, we don't want to be a hindrance in that process. God, we want to be uh, someone who comes alongside of you and begins to empower and help our kids to know and love you more. And so, Lord, wherever we're lacking today, you simply said in your word that if we lack, God, all we have to do is ask. And so, Lord, we're asking today, God, that you would help us. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus where there's been uh, walls built up between husbands and wives, where there's been long-standing hurt and long-standing offense, long-standing bitterness. Lord, I ask today that the blood of Jesus and the power of forgiveness would wash that stuff away. Lord, I ask you for a clean start in Jesus' name in our lives. God, give us eyes to see our spouse in a new way. Give us ears to hear our spouse in a new way. God, give us soft hearts that are tender and compassionate, God, towards one another. Lord, I'm asking, God, that you would help us to be what our spouse needs us to be. God, I'm asking you to help us to be the parents that we need to be. We're asking, God, that you would help us to be the grandparents that we need to be. Jesus, we don't want to miss the boat. We know time is short. And, God, there's things that need to shift and they need to shift quickly. So, Lord, would you help us in Jesus' name. Sorry, guys, I'm trying to listen at the moment. Lord, I ask God if there are uh, just some unhealthy spots between us and our kids. God, if there's anything that we as parents need to repent of, God, help us to humble and help us to go uh, humble ourselves and to go repent to our children so it can get right. Father, we know that your word says that as dads, we're not supposed to provoke our children to anger. God, that means that we know that doesn't mean that, in other words, we act in a way that resentment comes in our heart. Lord, we don't want there to be any resentment or any animosity between us and our kids. God, we want it to be simply this, a love fest in Jesus' name. God, we pray for that, God, today. So, Lord, thank you, God, for uh, bringing us up higher. Thank you for anointing us to be the dads we need to be, the moms we need to be, the grandparents we need to be, and the kids we need to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.